going uh this is carter hesterman and drew johnson coming at you with the first episode of 100x engineering we were originally going to title it 10x engineering but decided that was a little controversial so we we're going to say 1x engineering you know just do your best and that got shot down as you know we're, we're above average so if we're above average we are 100x engineering uh title slash logo coming at you in future episodes here uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Carter Hesterman, a director of engineering here at Jupiter One, and I will let my wonderful other co-hosts introduce themselves. Yep, I'm Drew Johnson. I'm a team lead and senior software engineer here at Jupiter One. And so who, do you, who, do you, who do you work for, Drew? I work for uh, Carter Hesterman, uh, director of engineering at Jupiter One. Um, no, that was a, I shouldn't flex on my co-host. I'm sorry, Drew. <laughs> so this is our first this is our first time doing something like this we're not professional streamers despite uh what some people might think but uh we're pretty excited about what we've got going on today we are going to have somebody join us and uh we'll talk i'll let them introduce themselves but kind of what we're going to do here is we're going to have a conversation about 20 30 minutes uh discussing i think the topic today is the value and risks associated with junior engineers uh and then we're going to play some games for like the last 20 minutes because we need more excuses to play games together, remote, and hopefully that content will be engaging for everyone as well. So with that, let's give a big round of applause to our interviewee of the day, Henry Garrett. I need my sitcom app to do the, the applause. There we go. Henry, hey, welcome. Everyone. What's going on? How are y'all? Henry, we're super happy to have you here. I won't ask you to tell everyone who you work for as well. Um, <laughs> instead, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and uh, why we brought you on the show. I don't know if you know the answer to that question, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm actually questioning that myself, to be honest. <laughs> but hey, uh, my name is Henry Garrett. I am a team lead and senior software engineer, just like Drew at Jupiter One, uh, working on applications, front and back end, uh, all the above. And again, I have no idea why you brought me on because I don't interact with junior engineers at all. I mean, I was going to like, I was no, hoping you could answer it. I just kind of drew a name out of a hat and yours came up. No, yeah, that's a joke. Um, so Henry's one of the senior engineers on the team. Uh, and Drew and Henry are both actually team leads here at Jupiter One and both do an excellent job. Uh, Henry has recently completed like a long running project and taken his team on this journey through Middle Earth to Mordor and back again with just all sorts of challenges upon them the entire way. Uh, and they've emerged the better for it. And their team is really impressive. And Henry's done a really good job of kind of mentoring some more junior entry-level engineers on his team and also just building kind of culture and unity and cohesiveness as a whole. So really excited to hear some of his thoughts and uh, pick his brain on some of these things. So um, I don't know, Drew, any other things you want to bring up before we, before we dig in here? Thank you no, for that. I'd like very, oh, sorry, go ahead, Drew. No, he, he forced us to be here, uh, FYI, guys. Um, and, yeah. uh, no, it's, it is super interesting because I'm excited to hear about the context of the junior engineer experience with the larger project ongoing. Um, yeah. Interesting. Um, so with that, Henry, uh, 
I, I think like starting starting super naturally, I have this com this question I'm going to read. Uh, we'll kind of see where the conversation takes us from there. But uh, should a company with a highly complex mission critical product employ junior engineers? Why or why not? And like some context for this, this is a conversation I had with somebody recently who's also a manager, and they asked me this, not thinking like, oh, should we? I'm just like, it, it was thought provoking. Uh, we've been in interviewing for an engineering manager position here. And I've actually asked like each one of the candidates this very question. So Henry, what do you think? Should we should we hire people? Why or why not? Uh, that are entry level. Yeah, thanks, Carter. This is actually a great question. Um, it's pretty nuanced and complex. Um, so there's lots of different ways that you can take it. But I think it all depends on just philosophy of the people who are doing the hiring, right? Um, kind of the the days of scaling a company with the like solo hacker are, in my opinion, like totally gone. Um, can't really do that in an enterprise environment, right? So you have to be able to multiply those those people who were either early founders, early um, 100x engineers, as our title says, um, finding a way to multiply them to where maybe if they're only performing at 98x now, they have a bunch of people that they have helped mentor who are upping the the total kind of output of your team, right? So personally, I am all for hiring junior engineers, um, training them, mentoring them, helping them grow in their careers because they're only going to help you out. Um, and there's and there's and there's a ton of different reasons why and how you can do that. And I'm happy to get into that now or um, um, hear some of what y'all have to say about this. Yeah, yeah I, go ahead. Drew. Oh, of course, we start at the same time. Um, I think it's super interesting. I'm happy you brought up uh, 98x engineering because there is a, a toll it takes, right? And it's it's kind of an investment, as you've alluded to. And for reasons we should maybe dig into, why is it a worthy investment? Maybe uh, we talk about that some. Yeah, I think let's also talk about like some of the risks because it's not all like. I've worked at places, right, where like they've hired almost exclusively junior engineers, and I was one of them, and there were some problems associated with that as well, right? Uh, so I think there's like a certain chemistry like that needs to be in place in order for junior engineers to come in and actually provide value as opposed to, um, you know, cause risks or not be set up for success, right? Um, so yeah, through that lens, uh, Let's talk about that a little bit. I guess, Henry, I guess what are some of like the, your thoughts on like what would set like a junior engineer up for success on a team or maybe, or what would set them up for failure? Let's maybe tackle the antithesis of that actually. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple of things that, 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 that can really set up people, not even just like junior engineers, engineers in general um, for failure. And I think it's kind of magnified when you have someone that has a little less experience. Um, but not having good support around them so people who are able to answer domain specific questions where do i find this how do i find the answers to these questions is super important whenever you join the company right so any any type of mentor manager or senior engineer that can just be kind of that that crutch for those questions that are kind of nuanced um, is very very valuable for junior engineers um, other ways that that they can be set up to fail is to be given too much responsibility up front 
Um, not, not to lie, if I was given a really large project, my first day as a software engineer, I probably would not be here right now because I would right. not want to be a software engineer. I'd be too stressed <laughs> out. I wouldn't be having no fun. And um, I think tailoring the projects and the people to what someone's career um, progression is, where they are, is super important. Um, the only way to help them and the company that hired them um, to succeed. I, I like that a lot. I think, I think junior engineers, uh, they're so one of the candidates that we actually interviewed recently, they, they had an interesting take on this. And I thought it was actually, I agreed with that as essence and it kind of made me sick, but the way they phrased it was what made me sick. Not what they said, I guess they said to the, something along the lines of like junior engineers, you can shove off like the work that your seniors don't want to do onto them. I was like, ah, I don't like the way I, I hear that. You're not completely wrong, but that's not the right way to frame it either. Drew, do you have any thoughts on like, on that? I do. I agree. That's not the right way to frame it. And it, it reminds me like Henry was kind of talking about, there's like this accountability piece where junior engineers are going to hold you accountable to your processes and to how you build things because they're inevitably not going to know, not going to have that domain knowledge. They're going to run into gotchas and hiccups. And if they're left to their own devices, that's, going to break things. And I actually think that's kind of a good and a bad thing, right? Because it, it can expose those issues in your systems so that you can improve upon them and then let you better enable those engineers going forward as they grow. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's exactly lumping off the work you don't want to do to them. There's just a certain level that they can adhere to, you know, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think uh, it, it's not like give the cruft or give like the crumbs to the junior engineers, but I think right. like also you don't want like your junior junior engineers like overhauling your build pipeline, your CI/CD, you know, your deploy process and everything like deploy process. That is the word. Um, there's like certain classes of work, right? That are like you're not you don't want them to work on it. It's high risk for the company, but more importantly, like and more holistically, like it's not a good fit for them They're You need in right. junior engineers to be in a position where they can fail and they're not afraid of failure. Like they can embrace it. Like I, I love rock climbing out here. Right. And, uh, I, I live in Salt Lake for those of you watching that don't know me, but, um, one of like the best things, like I I'm afraid of heights, but like I can rock climb all day. It's a weird dichotomy, but like one of the things I forced myself to do is like climb, climb, climb up a little bit. till I was like, okay, I'm just like a little bit uncomfortable. So I climbed down a hair and then I just like let myself fall and just kind of hold there. And whoever's belaying is like, dude, lose some weight. Like this is really annoying. Then I climb some more and then jump off and do it again. And like, after doing that a few times, like I learned to trust my equipment. I learned the extent of like what I was capable of. And I was also willing to push myself more because I knew that if I did fall, I was going to be safe. And I think junior engineers can kind of take a similar approach where if they're able to fail, they'll be willing to take more risks and like do more things, learn more things on their own and try and experiment than they would if they are just, you know, deer in headlights, stun locked, trying to make sure they get it right the first time. Um, shout out to Cybersec, Cybersec TXS. Let's go level 100X engineering show. Thanks, man. <laughs> Love your profile picture, sweet Viking hat. Um, I know our first trailer. I was just trying you to make it sound like it's not internal Jupiter one people watching what a username. What a username. <laughs> that's super interesting because I'm like, yes, that sounds great in theory, but like, how do we enable that? Because 
Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of ways that could go wrong and you could have a junior engineer into your system and, and destroy everything. And so, yes, they can, we want to enable them to fail and to be able to fail successfully, but, and learn from that. But I feel like there's gotta be some guardrails in place. And that, I mean, what do those look like? How do we, how do we handle that? For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would take that one step further and say that if your company is set up to where a junior engineer could come in and destroy everything, then the the company has bigger problems. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. And conversely, if you're set up, I, I guess like if they can come in and destroy anything, or if you're set up like there's the opposite side where it's like what we're working on is too valuable to have a junior engineer work on, or like the barrier of entry is like too high. There's like another thing there. There is there are teams out there and like work out there that I think like probably not a good fit. There's like some sure. very like core pieces of like infrastructure and things that you shouldn't have junior engineers touch. But I think it is like a good question to ask yourself. Like if I was new in the industry, like what would I think of my code base? Is it something that I would want my whole frame of like, this is, so this is programming, this legacy monolithic service. And like, this is what it is all about. Or, uh, you know, what's the barrier of entry for that we're setting for people. And I think it's a good, litmus test to get an idea of how you know the health of your code base um as far as setting up guardrails and kind of like getting you know making it so these engineers can have like a more sandbox environment and like uh fail safely uh henry your team recently hopefully it's okay we talk about specific work we work on compliance v2 we have a compliance product uh jupiter1.io check it out um but Henry's team was recently responsible for overhauling one of our legacy services and essentially rebuilding this application from the ground up. We built it a couple of years ago and we better understand the problem I was trying to solve now. And so there was, you know, some decisions made there and it was, it was a big project. And I would say it was a mission critical project that you did have room for your junior, more junior people on the team to grow and experiment and try things. Do you want to talk a little bit about what your experience was like with that? Sure. Yeah. So um, thank you for the, quick overview this was a full stack project um so we started with a lot of the back end um and then once the back end was to the point to where we could start start developing some of the front end we did um and throughout the the whole project we set up a pretty i wouldn't say strict or rigorous but i would say a very repeatable pairing process um we had a junior engineer um, who had just who had just just graduated from a boot camp join pretty much right right when this project started. So we knew that in order for her to be successful and learn and grow, she would have to pair with a bunch of the more experienced engineers to see a how does Jupiter one write software? B how do I write software when I'm not in a boot camp learning it um and see how do i not get overwhelmed while i'm doing it right um so we set up um recurring pairing sessions um where that's like probably a whole nother topic but like how do you have a successful pairing session right um but she will say that those were invaluable helping her get set up having her questions answered learning from while while also teaching some of the more experienced people as well i mean we all have our own strengths and she has strengths that i don't have that i learned a ton from her as well 
Um, so I think being able to just focus on mentoring and growing your team um, and having that be built built into your culture, whether you're on a mission critical project or on some internal tool that like maybe you only have one stakeholder, it doesn't matter as long as that's built into your culture and it's something that you focus on, um, you will make it happen. I hope that answered the question. Absolutely. Um, yeah. um, I had a few comments on that because I think it's super interesting. Um, I, I don't want to say we've all had an experience like this, but I think a lot of us have where you, you enter a new company or a new system and you are kind of siloed and it is absolutely miserable because you are feeling like you're grasping for context and information. And it honestly seems like there's not a much better answer than pairing and direct interaction with new members like that to get that context. I mean, you can have great documentation, you can have great processes, you can have all that, but it's still extremely difficult to get that without some hands-on pairing and teaching and collaborating. So it's- Which is it's, hard, right? Cause like, it's hard. you're both like excellent engineers and you have a lot of like, work to do on the engineering side of things. But also I know both of you are very involved with all the members of your teams. Like, I feel like junior engineers, like the member of your team that you're talking about, Henry, is completely redefined what I thought a junior engineer out of a boot camp, like fresh out of a boot camp, is capable of, right? They're excellent. Um, yes, you would be both. Yeah. And so mad props to them. Uh, but I, I think like it also speaks a lot to like the leadership side of things of like giving them opportunities and feeding them, you know, content and, and work at the rate that they're able to take it on and then pushing it just enough, uh, where they're able to learn more about themselves and like what they're capable of. I think that's, I, I think it's a twofold relationship to like celebrate there. Like also props to you for like, you know, fostering that growth rather than squandering it or ignoring it or, you know, getting heads down on other things. Thank um, you. And I also want to say one more thing about that and that leaders have to think of themselves as coaches, kind of how, how I like to think about it. Um, I love basketball, so I'm going to make a basketball metaphor here. But if I'm a coach, I, 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 I have to coach my team based on what their skill set is, right? So if, so if I love like old school post-up ball where like we, we, we get the ball in the paint on every single possession, but all of my players are under six feet, like that is the wrong strategy to right. use, right? So you, you also have to know your team when you're an engineering leader and say like, hey, they are at this level so these these types of tasks will challenge them to help them grow but these types of tasks might be too too overwhelming to where it's going to hurt their confidence right so like continually upping where that that challenge bar is so that so that they are able to gain those skills and gain confidence without getting too overwhelmed um is what a good coach and i and a leader should do in my opinion I like that. Um, I, I love using, I realize I use a lot of sports metaphors like when I'm talking to people and I don't actually play that many sports. So it's like reassuring hearing somebody like use a good sports metaphor. Oh, actually uh, pointing here, but my basketball's over here. Oh, nice. <laughs> I thought you were pointing to Drew. Um, <laughs> I play I, sports. <laughs> I kind of, um, I, we're, we're live, we're public. I play sports. Yeah, I too also throw the, the old pigskin every now and then. Um, 
And unverifiable statement. <laughs> uh, so one thing I I was thinking of how to tie this into a sports analogy, and I'm just going to abandon that. Um, <laughs> one thing that I, I've an opinion I've formed recently, and I kind of like this. I'm biased because it's mine, but like is I've come to realize like if you have good junior engineers on the team, if you do it correctly, they should actually make your senior engineers better. Um, I think a team completely made up, you know, completely comprised of senior engineers has its own unique benefits. It also has some drawbacks as well, right? There's some blind spots that arise where like, if the three of us were on a team together, I would review your code, but I would not review it with the same level of scrutiny that I would a junior or mid-level engineer, right? Which is kind of value lost to you, value lost to me. Um, but also it's kind of like, there's a, a social dynamic at play there where it's like, you have people at the same level and there's, you kind of have to tiptoe or walk on eggshells maybe a little bit there. Um, ideally, if you have a healthy culture on your team, like you don't have to, but I think there's like an implicit thing that people do just like out of you know, courteous, being courteous. But if you have junior engineers on your team, like if I'm a junior engineer and I, I see a senior do something I don't understand, I'm not gonna call them out on it. I'm gonna ask them, why did you do it this way? And I've been doing it that way, I don't know, just the way I've always done it. And I have to formulate an opinion and critical about my own work or explain it to somebody else that like normally I may or may not get that experience as readily or um, constructively from like one of my peers. If it's come from a peer, it's easy to get defensive or combative sometimes. Not saying that we do that. I don't want to paint a picture that like our seniors are like combative with each other here, but <laughs> does that kind of make sense? Uh, it does. I have a quick comment on that, just at that particular last point, um, because you mentioned juniors asking questions about, you know, how things are done. And that's, I think a to clarify, that's not always the case. I think that's something a great junior engineer will do. They will ask questions about how things are done or why things are done. You don't always see that. Um, so that can kind of, that can be, a, I don't know, a quality of a, a great junior engineer in particular. Um, but when you have that, yeah, I think it's it goes back to that accountability piece. It's like you're all of a sudden you have to know your own system and your own stuff enough to teach it, which is a whole nother ball game than actually just doing it. And so it does, it makes, it makes you a better engineer in, yeah. in the process. So, and, and you write code very differently when somebody's watching and like basing their worldview of like engineering off of it. Yeah. Right? It's terrifying um, to think that you're, yeah, you're like the root of their current understanding. It's like, um, can we get a second opinion in here or <laughs> be, be the person that you wish you had at like the start of your career to like the junior engineer yeah. on your team. Right. Uh, also, we got some comments in the chat. Yes, this is a live chat, um, not just LinkedIn comments. Maybe they stay on LinkedIn, I don't know. But we can see them. Uh, Shout out to Akash. From here. Shout out to Akash. Um, <laughs> so thank you for uh, the chatter. Um, yeah, I, I think the other thing is like, uh, you're, it's good for your seniors to, I, I think a good senior engineer is one who can like teach and mentor well. It's not a requirement for all of them, but generally speaking, if you, there's that old adage of like, you know, if you truly understand something, you should be able to teach it well, or like master something, teach it. And it, again, there's the social dynamic of like seniors teaching seniors happens, but it's different. It's a different tone than like, you're having to instruct somebody that knows literally very, you know, nothing or very little about a given topic. And that's a totally different skill set that you'll be building as a senior engineer. So, you know, when you fertilize the bottom of the tree, the branches grow. Well, Henry's analogy he used was better. I'm sorry. Well, let's stick so, with the sports. Yeah, we'll <laughs> stick with the sports. When you shoot the free throw, 
You make two points. There it is. Right. Oh no. Oh, we'll oh, cut man. that. We'll cut that in post. We'll cut that in post. <laughs> right. Um. Anyways, uh, wow, this this has gone by fast. We're already twenty five minutes into this. Um. Uh. Someone's laughing Jeffrey, for uh, boot camp grads. So uh, thanks, Jeffrey Lee. Much appreciated. Uh, I've recently become they, that's an interesting one. Actually, let's let's talk about this for a second. I think boot camp grads get a bad rap, generally speaking, in like the hiring space. But we've proven we have several on our team who have proven that to be very wrong. Uh, and they've come from different sources. Um, so let's let's not tie this specifically to boot camp grads. Let's tie it to like entry level positions. But I guess Henry and or Drew, if we're looking for an entry level engineer, what's one that what are some of the attributes or things about them that set them apart? Like when we're interviewing them, you're like, okay, this is somebody who can come in and like be set up for success. What are some of those indicators that you guys see? So I'm going to steal the obvious answer, or maybe not so obvious, but we've already alluded to it. I think curiosity is the big one for me. I think there needs to be like a drive and a genuine interest and it needs to be our, so they need to be asking those questions. They need to be reaching for answers themselves. Um, and, and receptive to that input from say senior engineers or other resources. And I think from there, there's a lot of little auxiliary things, but if, if you're open and curious and you have that drive, it's things are going to work out for you and you're going to learn very quickly. Um, but that was the easy answer. So now Henry has to give you the, the more detailed, harder answers. I think that that is a great answer. Later. Um, I actually love this question because I think that well, we all know that in our uh, line of work software, there is there is a base technical aptitude that you have to have to be able to get the job done, right? And anything above and beyond that is great, but it's not necessarily needed. Now, the soft skill sides are much harder to find and and almost interview for, right? But you know when you're talking to someone that that they are someone who is prepared who asks questions who's who's curious like you were saying drew um someone who and i actually had this in my notes um someone who doesn't take their inexperience as a crutch but takes it as an opportunity to be able to to learn and grow because everyone started inexperience everyone did right but the the ones who are able to grow faster and grow more effectively are those that want to and pursue it and make time and effort to make that happen. Um, so that's what I look for for people who are always trying to learn, always always trying to make themselves better, make those around them better, um, and that's what makes a great entry level engineer and and someone that I would candidly want on my team. Right. So if you're out there, we're hiring. Um, <laughs> but what you just described to me sounds like a 100x engineer. So are you saying that you can be a 100x engineer and still be entry level? <laughs> That's a tricky question. Let's not, dig, let's not dig into that too much. Uh, attributes, though, I think those are certainly attributes that, like, if you develop those early in your career, they'll benefit you, really, regardless of whatever career you're in. But like, especially like, I, I agree with you. When we're interviewing, I, I talk to a lot of a lot of like early entry level people and 
a lot of them are really excited and so and that's hard because everyone's like it's brand new right like is this whole world of like wizardry you can make whatever you want it's so cool um it really is actually pretty incredible like software engineering rocks i love it um but uh some of the things that i noticed that like really like i guess like the indicators it's not something you can suss out in like a 30 minute or you know 60 minute phone call right you can kind of get an idea but also like you can be wrong sometimes or you know false positives or false negatives um like concrete things that i look for is i love being able to ask like people to talk about projects or hobby projects they've worked on that's not to say you need to have like you need to dedicate a lot of time, your free time doing stuff uh, for programming if you're entry level. That said, it doesn't hurt. Like it actually helps a ton. If I can ask you like, yeah, pop open your GitHub and like walk me through like one of your passion projects or one of your hobbies you're using to learn. Um, you know, what did you do to learn React? Let's talk through that and look through some of your code. As a hiring manager, that actually answers a lot of questions that I'll have that might be harder to come up in like another interview of like, what does this person's code look like? What is their, process for learning how did they go about doing this uh let's look at their commit history and like see the process that they did it maybe not necessarily like analyzing with a microscope but just like where did they start uh and this can be like really good fodder for like having conversations then about why they did it that way and then worst case scenario if they're not a good fit hopefully you can have a good opportunity a to like better understand what you're looking for so you can refine your interviewing process but also help somebody also earlier in their career realize like hey these are some other things that might help you in your next interview as well um it's a tricky space, right? But right. Totally. All right. We're coming up on 30 minutes now. I feel I'm biased. I, I feel good about this conversation. That has been interesting. Interesting. Fly by. Yeah. Yeah, that's fly has flown by. That is the word. Uh Henry, how's your computer doing on battery life? For context before this, Henry had a oh oh shoot moment. Uh, because I'm not saying shit on the live stream. Um, but you just did. We'll get it in post. Uh, <laughs> but, cut it up, Ashley. <laughs> um, yeah, Henry's MacBook Pro has been not, it's charged, plugged in and not charging though. It's telling you it's not charging. It's just maintaining status quo, right? Like it's happy at like 40, 41%. What's going on? If we, if we have any Docker reps on this stream, I know we have about 2.5 million people watching. So if any of you are Docker reps, um, please send me an email because I need some support. Uh, but I'm sitting at 31% and it says battery is not charging. So if I drop <laughs> off mid game, setting the record straight now, it's not that I couldn't handle the loss, which is going to happen. Um, it's I don't that, know, you did pretty good in there. We exactly. definitely did not practice this before on a work sanctioned 30 minutes of playing video games together. Uh, <laughs> Let me I see if I can get this rolling. 2.5 um, million easy. We actually have it confirmed that. Uh, oh, there, here it is. Uh, from Tyler Shields, 2.5. Yeah, you heard it from marketing here first, folks. Yeah. Um, I see a little eyeball at the top of the screen with a, a number next to it. That's not 2.5 million, but it's close. Uh, 2.5, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> it's 2.5. Yeah, somebody. Uh, Somebody is watching it with it muted. <laughs> um, okay, so for those of you watching, uh, the original concept of the show is we were going to talk about, yeah, we'll round up. Um, the original concept of the show was we were going to, 
play a game while discussing these things. And I was like, let's try this first and see how it goes. But uh, the answer was it went very medium. Uh, we had really good conversation. We were able to talk, but it also turns out it's really hard to have a meaningful conversation and like engage with it while hitting Drew in the face with a boxing glove or getting Henry swarmed with bees or something like that. So through that lens, we're going to live stream us now playing some video games. This is Ultimate Chicken Horse. Uh, we're playing on Steam. Can you guys hear that music? It is. We can. OK, oh, good, because yeah. that's like almost more, impo more important than uh, anything else here. So um, yeah, for those of you watching the stream, if you're hoping to get some engineering topics, there may be some nuggets here. But if you just want to watch through you guys figure out how to play this game together, then feel free to say. We'll continue to talk a little. Yeah, we'll continue, we can continue to talk. All right, let's do it. Uh, fun, competitive, beginner. Oh, this is competitive. And we're as much as I would love a total stranger to drop in on a live stream. We would probably lose. OK. Uh, full transparency, I'm playing this on a Mac. So we might get like two frames per second. We'll see. Uh, and Just how invite, we like. Invite Noob Cube to the lobby. And we're gonna invite H Garrett to the lobby. H Garrett forty four. Yeah. Oh man, this is this is slow. Yeah, <laughs> Let's see how he's gonna that. My fans are spinning up. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay. Damn you. Right. And if the stream's coming through is choppy, uh, it's definitely not the stream. It's choppy on my local machine as well. <laughs> so, uh, we're getting all the frames we have. Yeah. Um, also, oh, no, my, my blue keys are definitely not the right choice for streaming audio, so you'll just have to hear my angry, angry key taps. Oh, hell yeah. All right, I'm trying to join in here, fellas. Yeah, there you are. Horse all or right. sheep? Horse or sheep? Let's go with the... Sheep. Interesting choice. That's a classy choice. I feel like hey, sheep have a lot of cushion, so I feel like this is the right game for them. So for context for people watching, this is a game akin to Mario where you have to get from the start of a level to the end of a level by jumping on things or failing at jumping on things like Henry was doing. Yeah, I'm trying um, to get over there. Why did it start the countdown at like 60? <laughs> uh but what we're gonna do here is we have a goal. Oh and some Present boxes up there. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm the chicken. So we're all gonna pick some some toys here, and we're gonna start making a level together. And the goal is to make the level so hard that nobody can beat it except for you. It'll make sense as we go. There we go. But uh, all right, who do we think's gonna win? Do we have? How does he get up there? Oh, no, you got it first. Ooh. Oh man! Oh, we got a new level. Didn't know that was a thing. I thought they were. I guess it makes sense why there's more than two. Carter, why did you pick the chicken? What was oh. your thought process? No, he's gonna win. I picked the chicken because I've played this game before. <laughs> I'm gonna win. No, uh, I picked the chicken because the raccoon was taken and I <laughs> already flexed on Drew, so I can't flex twice. What's this thing right here? Oh, we're gonna see. Uh, how do we have more people watching now than we did like 10 minutes ago? Word has spread. Carve out content. Oh, people are here. Oh, see you later, dude. Word people are here for uh, forget the engineering, witty banter, and meaningful content. Oh, no. See, it's oh. Oh, 
you play sports, Henry. That's not fair. You can't be good at both. Yeah, we have the best sports metaphors in the industry. Right here. Oh, you're stuck with lame ones. Should have been faster. Oh, I can put this on the... Let's see. I unlocked an achievement. I'm a fast person. Drew, why did you snag the... Uh... Raccoon as your Yeah, that's the real question here. He clearly it's the best character. There's a way to dance. And I need to figure that out. Raccoons are just sneaky and quick. But chicken can fly kind of. As a young explorer. This is an important important button. Oh, there we go. Okay. Ninja Star? Oh, with the black hole guys. Oh. I didn't know there were black holes. I'm taking this right at the start because I. Oh, that's it. a. Okay. Let's. Well, so, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. That's fine. Just like my one-year-old son, I woke up and chose violence. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is really hard to play at 12 frames per second. No. See <laughs> 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 you, All right, we're gonna jump over it. Okay. Who's oh, that no. Oh man. We should make this uh, harder and start talking about engineering-related topics again. What is the coolest side project you guys have ever seen someone come in with? Ooh. Maybe it, someone we didn't necessarily hire, but someone you've interviewed. Yeah, what they do? That's a good question. I know. I don't, I don't know if I have a direct answer for it. I just want to think about it because there have been some cool projects, I feel like. So there was one I saw where somebody to learn spelt. They, they were already, they'd done React before, but they're still like fairly junior. Um, they uh, made a crumble cookie rating app where they could track their opinions on all the crumble cookies that had come out. They have crumble where you guys live? Oh, I don't know if I know what that is. Uh, I know it's the already recently. The reason that I know that we have them is because Jupiter went sent one. I was actually really surprised when Jupiter One sent them to me. I was like, I didn't know it existed outside of Utah. Because it started in Bear Lake, Utah, actually, or Logan, Utah. Don't fact check me on that, please. Don't at me. Um, like a cookie place or just a brand? Yeah, we're going to get some. So we got some reps in the chat. Uh, thanks, Tomzi. Yeah, I love Crumble as well. The, uh, I'm a fan of like the just OG Crumble cookies. So yeah, Crumble is essentially just like a cookie place, but their cookies somehow are like otherworldly. Guys, this level I didn't realize how out of hand this has gotten. Um, <laughs> it really has. Uh, yeah, and they change the cookies every week, and it's like cookies as a service or CAS. Um, <laughs> nice. Multi-tenant database in my stomach. Uh, did I say that one live? That's a good one. That's a good clip. We should oh, we got to stick to the sports metaphors, Carter. Nah. Well, check this out. I can dance. So. That's a uh, awesome right there. Oh, you're dancing. I'm going to beat the level. Oh, I'm going to sit in that black hole. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, uh, yeah. Crumble's a cookie place. But yeah, they made an app where they could go through and track all their opinions on like the new cookie of each week. And it was pretty... Uh... Okay, I'm going to feature that as well since I'm dead and waiting for who we're waiting on. New key. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! Um, Tyler, oh. throwing the throwing the much deserved shade out here. I love watching Carter be able unable to being unable to complete sentences while jumping his chicken around. Thank you. <laughs> that is just kind of par for the course, actually, and it's completely unrelated to jumping my chicken around. Ooh, so good. Yeah, he he just does that. Jumping. Yeah, these chicken. guys know it. 
there were several times, no joke, we had a call about an hour ago where we were discussing how are we going to share, oh man, how are we going to share code across our UI repos more effectively so we can get blocked by stuff? And there were like three or four times where I was like, I'm sorry, guys, I forgot what I was going to say. So I started <laughs> saying something really exciting. And oh, I got so much going on here. You see these an this animation effect? You stand close to a black hole, it is sucking the fur off my raccoon. <laughs> that, this is it? why our computers are. <laughs> are okay, but here's the like thing. That means somewhere out there in space, by like Saturn or Jupiter or something, there's like raccoon fur floating around out there. Just, just raccoon. And then there's a chicken out there. No, chicken didn't go in the black hole, so. Uh, Likely. Yeah. No, don't panic. Oh, watch Here out for the honey. Last oh, I've been, I've been here. You can do it. Oh, easy. easy. Oh, look at that. Oh, we, we love it. You gotta do the real, the dance in real life. Don't do it, don't do it. Yeah, it's starting <laughs> to bring it down, guys, over here. What does the flower do? Oh, is this a paper airplane throwing oh, robot? I'll take the boring one, I'm sorry. Okay, how are we still, how is it not giving us any dynamite or bombs or anything to like remove some of this? There was one, someone grabbed it. What did you guys use it on? I, uh, oh, no, maybe no one grabbed it. Did not use it. Is that gonna do something? What is that robot? Oh, oh, it no. just took its time. You can ride oh, it. What did it do? Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the to the black hole. That was oh, that was, that was wonderful. Uh, pro tip: press R to dance. It's probably the most important key in the game. Hold on. Guaranteed to win if you do it. Yeah, there it is. So guys, I mean, I'm thinking because this this first show was such a smashing success. I mean, I'm hoping that we get the ultimate chicken horse people to see this and then maybe we can secure ourselves a sponsorship. Obviously. Oh, I didn't realize you won. Mm -hmm. I, I should have been, I should have been going easy. That's, man, second that's, place. That's rough for That is rough, man. You well done. And everything. Always get second place. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> we unlocked a new level. Let's have the shit get real. Okay. Oh, challenge number one is get up. No, we didn't unlock. Okay, we can get the fire. That's the whole level. There we go. Let's go. Oh, yeah, we played this one. That's true. I think this is a level that is not conducive to the raccoon in the group. This is not a farm animal. So, Carter. There are, there are raccoons aplenty on the farms, though. But do they belong? Is the question. I picked the wrong animal. What does this even do? Yeah, I'll just put that there. <laughs> I like it. Henry going for the safe approach, covering up the, the combine. Right. Still and gonna I end up in it somehow. I didn't do it, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's look at us. Oh, triple dance. What's the most important skill you learned as a young engineer? Uh, Porsche. <laughs> the most Great. important skill I learned as a young engineer, actually, we've proven that I can't talk while doing this. I know better. Drew, what's the most important skill you learned as a young engineer? I mean, it goes back to a lot of things we were talking about. Oh, I think I went through that phase. I was I was not in a good uh, environment as a junior engineer, as in I didn't have a lot of the support that we were just talking about. So I uh, I took on some a little bit too much responsibility, I think, and I had to unlearn oh. that in some senses. You guys aren't even paying attention trying to play the game. I, um, I, I'm sorry. I just thought he launch himself out of the chain. <laughs> it is hard. Um, so like I had, I had to understand that uh, we talked about this some. Um, 
I don't know, to be flexible with what you understand and what you hold dear, near and dear as like core values or like best practices. You need to be fluid with those. I was, I was one to stick to one thing because that's all I knew if that made any sense. Yeah. So yeah. definitely had to unlearn that. What was the, what was the question? I completely forgot. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me feature it. Actually, I just love doing this. It gives me kind of a power trip every time I can like like behold the comment from one of these three platforms: uh, LinkedIn, Twitch, or Facebook, or YouTube. It's pretty cool. So yeah, what's the most important skill you learn as a young engineer? Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess I, I had to unlearn something, but it, it was oh, also sorry. learning that you uh, our field changes so quick, and it's like nonstop new things, new best practices, new dynamics. And you just have to be open to to learning and growing. Not get so hey, caught up in your current ways. Which may, oh. maybe that's something everyone learns. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Henry. That's also true. I was I was actually gonna say something very similar of that I think I I learned how to learn. It's that yeah, I like that. that. Yeah. Figuring out like yeah you probably should read the the actual technical documentation for the tools that you're using. <laughs> like maybe you should live on react.com or or whatever it is. I actually don't even know. I haven't been there in a while. But reacts.com. Why do I feel like that'd be like a website for like I don't know, like Blender Bottle or something, some like arbitrary thing or like a yoga course or okay, <laughs> not actually React. Uh, I think hmm, let's see. One of the most valuable things I think I learned was, so when I started, I was actually on a team of one at uh, one of the companies here in the Valley. I worked at Domo, uh, one of our customers, and they were awesome. Domo's a great engineering org. Um, I'm supposed to be repping our company as well. Our company is also a great engineering org. But, uh, gosh, how did I live that? But yeah, at Domo, I was on the integrations team. There's like 40 engineers, but I was like a team of one for some reason. And then I'm just gonna kill myself. How do I do that? There we go. <laughs> I can't Not do something it. he learned as a junior I, engineer. I took the took the, <laughs> took the way out of this. <laughs> Very useful. But I was by myself, and I realized like I was like this rocks. I can decide exactly what I want to work on. Like I'm my own boss, kind of. Um, and you know, nobody reviewing my code. I can just make whatever I want. This is this is super cool. Great learning experience for me. And then I realized eventually like. Oh, I'm not learning any new stuff. Like nobody's telling me what's wrong with what I'm doing. Right. And so that's when I made the jump to like go somewhere else. And that was really uncomfy. It was really hard because like I went from Wild West to, oh my gosh, these people, they're so nitpicky. Like they care about whether I use a for loop versus, you know, for each. And they care about where things are spaced and all that. And then, you know, seven, eight years later now, here I am like, okay, yeah, I'm, I've become the very thing I swore to destroy when I was an engineer with seven months experience. Um, so we had similar experiences then. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. You said uncomfy because it is a little uncomfy. It's more comfortable to just do whatever you want for arbitrary reasons and not be held accountable. Um, but you don't learn and grow that way. So it's a uh, much better to go somewhere where you're challenged like that. Have that accountability, I guess. Did, uh, did anybody see the chicken getting hit back into the cannon repeatedly with its dead body right there? It was <laughs> fairly gruesome. It was there, and then the thing would come and bump it back into the cannon, and just going to... And then hit, hit it back in. Not the bees. Okay. Oh, guys, this is going to get messy. This is going to get oh, crazy here. Saw this, okay. Shout out no, to... Uh, get rid of that. 
shout out to some of these comments coming in from the, uh, from the YouTube. The YouTubes. Oh, we're following you. Uh, what was your first passion project that you didn't get paid for, but you still kept coding on? Henry, how about you answer this one first? Could you repeat that? I was busy trying to evade this slicer. Can we appreciate the fact that the red thing is now like rotating and spinning at the same time? So it's just like a totally pretty cool physics engine. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, Henry, what's your first unpaid passion project that you're still, that you kept working on? Hmm. I don't remember what the first one was, but I had a project which I'm sure both of you know because it helped me get hired here, being able to show um, some of the stuff that I was doing. But I had a music newsletter called Album Daily. Album Daily uh, for the win. Album Daily for the win, right? Um, that would send you a new album recommendation every morning so that you could kind of spice up what you were listening to. Um, and and that was a lot of fun. I actually got to experiment with um, Gatsby JS writing that, that site that was my first foray into like static site generators. Um, which is awesome because now like next is huge and kind of what some people are dubbing the the next great way to do react code and uh, all, of, did all of the things i learned doing gatsby apply um, right. that was awesome i was actually able to sell that which was pretty cool which is awesome <laughs> passion project not for money come on but you probably yeah. weren't intending to sell it when you started so, it, right? Not for one up Henry. I was I intending to start something that had value, yeah, but I wasn't necessarily looking for an right. exit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone does. Um, Henry, I'm, I'm going to embarrass you here because I had an even better project. Uh, it was a it was called Pythagoras's Playground. No, the Pythagorean Playground. And it was a React app, a, a terrible React app that would let you use the Pythagorean theorem to calculate uh, the sides of a triangle. And I thought it was so amazing, but it was the first thing I built with React. And awesome. uh, luckily it's not still hosted somewhere so you guys can't make fun of me for it. But, <laughs> um, it was terrible and I did not get paid for it. There just wasn't demand for that. We appreciate that series of events that just happened. <laughs> Drew got hit by the thing, bumped off the spikes and up into the black hole. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, Pythagoras would be proud of you. I agree. Oh, this has gotten so bad, guys. Um, oh, don't put it there. That just made my thing a waste. That's brutal. Um, maybe that was awkward. my. So I'm gonna cheat a little bit because it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an appropriate show for me to be hosted on or hosting if I didn't make at least one borderline. HR violating comment or story. So here we go. Buckle up, marketing. Whoever's watching this, feel free to meet me. My first passion project was a website called Book Your Stud. Um, but it wasn't a passion project. I was being paid to do it. So I'm cheating. Oh, no. Whoa. Did you guys see that? That happened. Circle around the black hole. We're going to slingshot around the moon. Houston, we have a problem, but we're going to make it. And I am the ultimate chick in there. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. We're done here. No, I'll tell you guys about Book Your Stud. Um, so Book Your Stud uh, was a website that sold <clears throat> horse semen. Uh, and it 
You guys didn't react to that as much as I thought you would, so... I mean, I, I knew about this project. Four, Carter, I get it, but yeah. the, the 2.4 million... haven't heard this one. Okay, good. The 2.4 million people watching this right now have not heard this. Maybe some of them have. I don't know. Um, okay, we're going to do... Let's do one more, and then I think we'll call it. Are you guys good at that? Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're... Um, yeah, challenge wow. number two. got to get to the top up here. Oh, or sperm shop. Yeah, so it was kind of a mix of like Ancestry.com and eBay, where you could go on and <laughs> bid for horse horse sperm, which is like a very you know valuable thing in the horse racing industry. You breed horses, right, and something yeah. like that. I'm not gonna. Yeah. That's another yeah. sport I am unfamiliar with. But uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah, that was like one of the most interesting projects I've worked on. It was where I learned about recursion because you had to make sure a horse can be its own grandmother. Um, and That's like a also, yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. They paid me to do it and it kind of became, I accrued some nicknames in my college class for it, but, um, they're slightly embarrassing too, so we're not going to go into that, but it was uh, a thing that I was very proud of. Back Great, in college. Is the, uh, site still running to this day? Uh, it's it not. Can we use um, it? No. So, Mister So and So, I won't. I, I won't name names here. I've learned not to do that. But if you're watching this, I'm really sorry. I would love to fix whatever problems you experienced with it. It is not running, and I've heard nothing from them. So they paid me. It was up there for a couple of years, and then it was taken down. Um, I don't know what happened to it. They somehow torpedoed it themselves without AWS access or anything. It was maybe using Django Mako Plus, which was a language that my college professor, or like a framework my college professor made up that he taught us, uh, built off of Django using Mako, a styling library, plus. Plus, yeah. um, plus everything. And I, I'm not going to lie, it was kind of a strategic move to use that one as opposed to, I don't know. Angular didn't even exist. Angular, like 0.5 at the time, I don't know. Because if he wanted to contract out with other people, nobody else, our, our thoughts were, as uh, me and one other friend were working on, it was like, nobody will be able to figure out how to do this because they didn't take the class. Uh, so <laughs> nobody, they won't be able to hire anyone else but us. And looking wow. back, that's A, toxic, and B, just like, if you're a good senior engineer or a good software engineer, you'll be able to figure it out. I'm sorry. Shady business practices by Hester Manel. Shady business practices. That's where I started. Wow. You know. But how do you think I got into management? It was by stuff like that. Right? Yeah. That was a joke. I did not do stuff <laughs> like that. It was what we knew, and then we realized it was a clever side effect. A couple of juniors in college realized it was very, very funny. So, yeah. I would actually like to think that they had so many customers throughout the two or three years that it was running that they were able to just retire early, so they took the site down. What about this project makes it so passionate for you, at Carter? Oh, wait, we're gonna do my thing. Um, okay, I, 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 the, the, I'm trying to decide like how clever of an answer I want to give. I'll just be blunt and say like they paid in call. I was in college. They're like, we'll pay you like this small amount of money. But to me, I was like, we're rich. We're great. Like I can, I can eat for a week, and so. <laughs> that was what made me passionate about it. I'm not going to lie, though. I just love being able to tell people I worked on a site that sold horse semen just for the shock factor that Henry and Drew robbed me of. All the, yeah, whatever. It's par for the course, Carter. 
<laughs> we are a little desensitized to be fair. You are a little desensitized. That's my own doing. That's yeah. funny. I, I think we all have a project. Maybe, maybe not we all, but there's, it's common. I have a project that also just fizzled out, maybe to my own. Maybe it was my fault, like in this case. Seems like it might have been your fault. Maybe the client's fault, who knows. But you just don't hear from it. It goes well for a bit. What was the project? Yeah, let's hear. It was a much it less teased. interesting project. I've told you about this project, I think. It was a fairly extensive like engineering tool for uh, this engineering firm who sized and built explosion vents for machinery. And like vents, as in like, you're dealing with particulate in a factory and it's likely to explode because that's the nature of particulate. Um, and you need to have a vent that directs the explosion away from the people working in the factory. And that was like this whole, the whole engineering team was responsible for that and they made those and sold them successfully. So, oh, um, kind of cool actually, now that I say it out loud because it was dealing with explosions and there was lots of math involved. Um, so I built this elaborate tool with my relatively junior skill set and it worked, but it was, had zero tests and was definitely not maintainable. Okay, talk about like mission critical though. Like, yeah, we're gonna let our junior engineers work on <laughs> yeah, like something okay, that, okay, okay, that has the, the word public safety some is context. There has is some explosion context. in it. And like, we're talking about something yes. that ties into the real world, not yes, software. It was like, bad. Our Honestly, looking back at it, exploded. It was bad. Real and explosions. I signed documents to release all of my own liability, so I am glad. But the, the solution <laughs> they had prior was built. <laughs> oh, the solution they had prior was built entirely in Excel. It was a system of like 40 <laughs> Excel sheets with math, and they would go through and they would like this thing was based on like a, a national fire safety spec, and so like they would update this Excel sheet and then email it out to all of the engineers and hope that they were using the latest version. <laughs> Um, and so my solution arguably was much better and they did use it for about two years. And then like, I took too long to respond to like a bug request and I just did not hear from them again. So I'm assuming they put some other poor soul on it to take a look at that code. And they were probably like, uh, let's just rewrite it. Um, I just see this, like this world where like an auditor comes and like, okay, so why did all your vents explode? And like three people got injured. It's like, well, the Excel spreadsheet added up, like it yeah. said it was good. They knew that it worked. Yeah. Yeah, they knew they needed a better solution, but they uh, I was had the right connections to get that uh, position. As a okay, I'm glad we should have one more round and going over just the hair, just so we could hear about that, because that just made my day. So it's thank a, you for that. Yeah. Good learning um, experience. I'm glad I haven't received any phone calls about casualties in the warehouse. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> it was written. It was written in JavaScript as well, and it was very math intensive. So like. I, you could have been, I mean, I remember bugs where I was passing strings around in math equations and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't really understand the importance of type safety and understanding all that, so. Literal type yeah. safety. The more I think about it, the more I am getting a little nervous. So I'm gonna stop thinking about it, it's fine. Oh, who needs types? It's just an explosion. <laughs> Nothing Guys, if you wanna be done with this stream, you have to let me win. Then you can go home and eat dinner with your family. <laughs> Or I actually hear that others in the kitchen. Clang it's in the kitchen. Man. I don't know what's going on. You can go downstairs. Okay. Probably my son just raiding the the pots and pans cabinet, which is his favorite hobby. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, yeah. 
That's yeah, absolutely. Sundays, Saturdays, that's all I do. That's what I know about you, Henry. Oh my gosh. I just boxed and both of these It's kind of a power move. And with that, you guys are going oh, to be a home. Victory. We're free. We're going home. We're, we're going home. I will happily take the title of Ultimate Chicken, although I feel bad winning at the game I picked. But if you watch your other stream, Cyber Therapy, one of the hosts on there does that as well. Carter, let's do, let's do rock and roll trivia. Oh, by the way, I also listen to rock and roll trivia on the way to work every morning, so no worries. Um, <laughs> it's it's part of our culture. It's on brand. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that Tyler left a message in response to that, but nothing, nothing really. Okay. Well, thank you to everybody for watching. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I see some. There's some sheep. I don't even know what that means, Tyler. Uh, we're just gonna show the it goat. No sheep. They're sheep. Someone was the sheep. Oh, that's yeah, you're the sheep. Um, I think sheep. it's a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. Oh, okay, it's a challenge. Okay. Huge shout out to everybody for watching this today. I have, this is a stream, so I have to do the streamer voice, right? Yo, 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 this is Hester2 coming at you. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. Smash that bell or whatever is on Twitch to celebrate it on LinkedIn. And uh, we'll be coming back here if we didn't get canceled for talking about horse sperm here in a couple weeks. Thanks, everyone, and have a good evening. Thank you.